Abundance of love, abundance of grace, down to that cross, you took my place, oh God, you take my ransom, your love, you give up abundant life. Abundant Life, Christian Fellowship Church, loving God, loving people, now. Here's Pastor Scott. Then it was time for their purification offering as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, We Present Our Children to the Lord. Pray with me. God, thank you for your love. Thank you for your goodness. God, I pray that right now you would give us a divine ability to concentrate on what you have to say to us. And I pray that you would speak to your children, God. Comfort the hurting, heal the sick, save the lost, recover the backslider, and encourage your children is my prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. We present our children to the Lord. Some of y'all, uh, listen, are, these are the quietest babies I've ever met in my life. Go on, smack her one time. Maybe see if she'll cry. I'm, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, now hold on. That's not a that's that's not even a her. That's a he. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, don't then he smack don't don't smack the baby. Jelly bugs even being quiet. Oh, don't say anything. Some of, some of you might hear some screaming kids, some hollering kids, and wonder. But don't we have a nursery for that? Uh huh. Don't we have a children's church for that? Yes. But today is a special day in the life of several families in our church, and uh, in a little bit we're going to be dedicating these children to the Lord, and we'll talk about that in just a few moments. But let me say this has been, uh, if not the busiest week in our church history, it's absolutely the busiest week for our church family, Uh, maybe ever, but definitely in a long time. I've been telling you for years that Christianity is not an escape hatch for every problem in life. I've been telling you for years that these people that get on television and spend 29 minutes out of a 30-minute program begging for money so they can stay on the air to keep begging for money, they are not preaching a true gospel, and they stand up and say ridiculous, non-biblical things like, come to Jesus and he'll solve all your problems. Well, that's not promised in the Bible anywhere. The Bible says as long as we're in this flesh, we're going to have problems. So, so we, we need to understand, and that's why I keep telling you this, in the life of the Christian, when we get saved, the promise we have is eternal life and the inviting spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ indwelling inside of us. But it doesn't change the fact that there are what I always tell you there are. There are good days, bad days, happy days. And sad days. That's life. And people need to quit trying to figure out the reason why to everything. Because I'm going to tell you, the devil would love to capture your thoughts and tie up your energy in a woulda, coulda, shoulda mindset. I wish I would have done this. Why didn't I do that? We could have done it. Or a bewildered mindset of just sitting back thinking, it it doesn't matter. Listen. Everything in life doesn't make sense, and life can be extremely exciting, and it can be devastatingly 
woeful. Can two people say amen? amen? This is the human existence for saved people and for lost people. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. But let, let me just say, uh, every life's going to have victories and defeats, joyful celebrations, and difficulties to endure. I, I want to ask specifically before I even get into preaching uh, that we keep three specifically. I mean, pray for everybody you can think of. The, the Bible tells us to pray for all people. So that's a big job. But specifically, as you're praying for uh, the 8 billion people on this planet, I want you to remember uh, three families in particular. Uh, this week, for those of you who don't know, um, Elder Jimmy's older son, Eric, died. And uh, good, good to see uh, you two boys especially. Uh, not, not, not too bad on you, but it's good to see you two. Uh, you're back again. You're sticking around. I'm excited for what God's doing in your life. Um, I, want you to, I want you to keep the rich family in prayer. Uh, as, I, as I've told them, I'll, I'll tell you, Christians are not immune to grief, nor should they be. And they shouldn't try to be. The Bible says there is a time for weeping. There is a time for grieving. But I want every saved person under the sound of my voice to understand what I know this family understands. That we who are saved do not grieve the same way as others who have no hope. In the midst of our grieving, we have hope. And I need somebody to say amen and clap your hands for God. Ain't easy to talk without crying, is it? Um, I hope you never get put in that position. But y'all, y'all pray for me to be able to get through this. There is there's not enough words in the world to describe how much I love Jimmy Rich and his family. If I locked the doors and made you stay here for the, until we all starved to death, I wouldn't have enough time to explain it to you. So I asked you to be praying for them. I told you it was a just a week of stuff. I don't know how many of y'all seen it. I got to try. Some, some people wonder, why, why does he get off track and ch chase a rabbit? Uh, because if I just break down crying and lay in this floor and cry in front of y'all, then it's going to take longer than me telling you this little, little antidote. How many of y'all saw the Tom Cruise movie, Officer and a Gentleman? Anybody? You know you saw it. Quit being spiritual. Years and years ago. Oh, well, I'm saying the wrong movie. What movie am I thinking of? A Few Good Men. Well, you are secular, ain't you? You know all the movies. Pray for my sister. Stand over here. Lightning don't strike her. Few good men. Where Tom Cruise plays a lawyer trying to get two Marines off. Uh, you can't handle the truth, that whole thing. Uh, what, one, one of the things that hits me, and it can only hit you this strong. Good to see you, Junior. Love you, man. Uh, if you, you, you have to have been through some stuff to understand, to be able to relate to it. And I so relate. I, I talk to Jake all the time about this one line in this movie. Uh, Tom Cruise is going through her left hurdle, disappointment after disappointment. He's walking out to his car, 
and he's getting in his car, and after bad news on bad news on bad news, uh, I don't know if you remember what he said, but just the way he said it, I'm like, boy, I've had those weeks. He, he slams the car and says, and the hits just keep on coming. You ever had a week like that? A lot of us are having a week like that right now. I got the call about Eric on Tuesday and then on Wednesday. Uh, I spoke with Ingria Haywood. Uh, Greg and Ingria were with us just, was it last week, two weeks ago? Yeah, uh, just here. Uh, big part of our church, been members of our church for many, many years, Navy guy, so he's traveled around. He's now been stationed in two different places since, since they left, but anytime they're in town, they come back in. They love us. We love them. Um, I, was, I, was, I was a little shook. I mean, I was still reeling on Wednesday, and when Ingrid's number popped up on my phone, I thought, oh, Lord, and Greg's daughter Tatiana was murdered uh, in North Carolina on Wednesday. And I want you to pray for that family. Uh, I want you to pray that God would take all desire for vigilantism and and uh, the pastor going on on a on a, uh, a crusade. I'm so upset because the boy that did this to Tatiana filmed the thing live, and people put it up on social media and wouldn't take it down. And. I'm going to need you to help me process through, through my anger about that. So, Pastor, you're supposed to be saved. I'm not supposed to be saved. I am saved. But I'm not saved because I'm a great person that's got all life figured out. I'm saved because I believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if anybody can help me with this anger, it's God. I don't like evil stuff happening, especially to people I love. So, that happened. And then two days later, uh, one of the sweetest girls, we watched her grow up at this church. They were one of the first churches in the community to come here when we moved here, uh, Jimmy and Nikki Carlin. Uh, their sweet baby girl, he calls her baby girl, uh, she's grown now. Uh, daughter Elizabeth had a very, very bad uh, fall and was injured and had to be rushed to the emergency room for surgery and uh if y'all don't think i was ready just to bury my head in the sand at that point and stop answering my phone uh you've never been on this side of the pulpit but it, it it's been a week um fortunately uh elizabeth is is home doing well um and we give god praise for that uh, i told you good days bad days Happy days, sad days. Had, had, had some rough days this week, but on a happier note, um, that whole back row should be full right now. They're going to be here in 25 minutes. <laughs> when they come in in 24 minutes, walk through that door, don't y'all all laugh. I had somebody ask me one time. I knew who they were talking. They said, Pastor, what do you think about people who come in 15 minutes before the service over? I think, well, I'm glad they showed up. <laughs> but our largest church family grew 
by one this week. Ashana had her baby, and the baby is healthy, and the baby is happy, and we give God praise for that. Keep, keep that family in prayer because it was a difficult pregnancy. They actually had to take the baby out at 37 weeks because there was some kidney problems going on, and there's still some uh, medical things. Keep Ashana in your prayers. Um, the, ba- the baby came home. Uh, I'm not sure if Ashana came home last night or not, but uh, keep that family in prayer. Um, it's, it, it, is, it is a vicious circle of life, these good days and bad days, this uh, say, saying goodbye to people that we love and, and hello to new life. But it is part of the human existence. So that, that's, that's, we're excited for them. Been praying for that. It's been a complicated pregnancy, but uh, the baby, even at 37 weeks, was five pounds, six ounces. So that's a healthy uh, baby. Hallelujah. I'm just now talking about it, Sean. I just going to introduce y'all as the largest family in church, and you just you just glide in here with two people. You normally got that whole row. Uh, but did she come home last night? Still there? I've just explained him uh, the largest family in our church, and I told everybody. I, I told y'all not to tell. I tell on myself though. I, I I told everybody. I said I I can't believe they're not on that. Row. I said. They'll be here. They're going to come in late. Uh, but I told everybody that uh, Ashana had her baby, 37 weeks, 5 pounds, 6 ounces, and healthy. Baby's still doing good. She's st- y'all thought, what kind of church just talks to one person? A church that loves their, their, their brothers and sisters in Christ. We're trying to get caught up. We pray for each other. We need, there's people out here been praying for, for this family. We need to know. Um, still the kidney thing? Okay. Uh, they, they think they're going to get it straightened out and let her come home this week? Amen. Y'all continue to keep it shining in prayer. Um, wonderful family. Uh, always good to see the biggest family in the church getting bigger. <laughs> um. Didn't I tell y'all they were going to come in? All right. Praise the Lord. Uh, no, no room for doubt in God's kingdom. So um, we're talking about uh, a, a, huge, a huge busy week with, with some good things and some bad things. Uh, on a huge note, in the Christian world, today is Pentecost Sunday. And all over the world, people are celebrating um, God sending his spirit to live inside the lives of his followers. And um, does anybody know, don't shout it out, but does anybody know what the word Pentecost even means? God gave us one book to study. Two, two, two testaments. 39 books in one, 27 books in the other, 1,189 chapters. That's all we got. The word Pentecost means 50th. So Pentecost is a, uh, a celebration that happens on the 50th day after Easter Sunday, which is the day Jesus Christ was raised from the dead. And it, it, it is talked about in Acts 1-8 when Jesus, before Jesus left, 
he was, he was giving an address to his disciples. And in Acts 1.8, he said, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Oh, that's a hard verse to quote in a non-King James version. When I, I, had, I had my mind reading it in the King James, but my mouth reading it in, in a newer translation. But this is the promise that Jesus gave his disciples. He said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. He told them to go and wait for the fulfillment of the promise. And they were in the upper room on the day of Pentecost when the Holy Ghost was given to indwell believers. But look what Jesus says. He said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you, and you're going to be able to levitate and uh, put on a circus show of miracles and perform signs and wonders and speak in tongues and roll on the floor. And uh, we, we, went, we went to a church one time. People went with me. And, and I'm for all churches. People ask, what do you think about this church, that church, the other church? I feel like the Apostle Paul. Any way Jesus is preached, I'm good with that. Some preach the same way I do, some don't. As long as they're preaching Jesus, I'm good. But when I tell y'all this church was off the chain, they were just normal singing a song. And, you know, so I'm just trying, I'm, I'm the visitor, I'm just trying to, okay, all right. Then all of a sudden, I don't know if they had a secret sign some handshake, some 33rd degree stuff. I don't know what was going on, but all of a sudden, about five of them just started running around the whole church. Church laid out like this, just running around. And then the whole church was doing it. The, the, the typical church, you know, stage, a little hole in that wall, and what's, what's in the hole? That's the real church people in the room. Yeah, uh, they don't even lay buildings out like that anymore. But... Um, they had, the, they, they had the, bab, the, the baptismal pool behind the window. This, and they're all running. This pastor, he was running back and forth on the stage. He threw both hands up in the air, screamed as loud as a human being could scream, ran up on the stage, jumped over the two rows of choir chairs, and launched himself through the window into the pool and just started splashing water on everybody. <laughs> how, how many of y'all have been like <laughs> oh, listen when God sent the Holy Ghost on Pentecost it, it, it was for this purpose now if you ask well pastor do, do you believe in, in signs, miracles, wonders healing, uh, transference of anointing, laying on of the hands of, of the sick God healing the blind, raising the... I believe in all that. But I want you, because we're a Bible church, to understand that the purpose that Jesus gave for why the Holy Ghost would come is that so we could be witnesses. Now, if you study that phrase, they were filled with the Holy Ghost. Sometimes it will say, and they spake with other tongues. But more times... It'll say, and they spake the word of God with boldness. The, 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 when Jesus said, you will receive power, that word power, the Greek word dunamis, where we get our word dynamite, explosive, powerful, changing, altering stuff around it. And that is the primary reason. Of course, the, the, there's signs, miracles, wonders, 
uh, every, everything that God wants to do, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can still do it, but today is Pentecost. And some churches that are more holiday-driven, that are more holy day-driven, um, they'll be preaching about it all over the world today. Listen, we celebrate Jesus not just on Easter, and we celebrate the Holy Spirit not just on Pentecost because our God is a right-now God, an ever-present God, and always-here God. But it's a big day around the world for Christians. And uh, we, we read what Jesus told them in Acts 1.8. In Acts 2.4, the fulfillment of the promise says, And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking other languages. The Holy Spirit gave them this ability. So we got people being born. We got people uh, passing away. We got the, uh, one of the largest days in the church. And today is also part of Memorial Day weekend. Uh, now, nobody wanted to volunteer what Pentecost meant. Anybody know what Memorial Day is uh, there for? Deacon Scott? To have a memorial, a remembrance of fallen heroes who served in the United States military. I'm not going to have all the veterans in the room, which I'm happy to be one, stand. We'll do that on Veterans Day. Um, but I, I am going to ask you to do something, uh, and I hope you will. When someone says, pray with me, that's an active participation. That's you listening and, and telling God, yes, Lord, please let that happen. It's, a, it's agreement. Um, it's unity. And I am just tired of these ridiculous wars around the world that America sends men and women to go die in. I'm just tired of it. Um, I understand Memorial Day, um, but I, I don't understand people who are disrespectful to the military. Um, I thank God for America. America's got a lot of problems, but I thank God for America. I thank God for the military, United States. I thank God for every man and woman that ever wore the uniform. And uh, this weekend, we, we remember those who died while serving in the United States military. I joke around a lot because I was raised on Navy bases. I was raised in Navy housing. Uh, we finally came to Jacksonville when I was 11 years old. And after being bounced around uh, all, all, all over and surrounded by Navy back then, if you didn't live in Jacksonville in the 70s, you don't know what the Navy looks like. When NAS Jacks, uh, Cecil Field, and Mayport were all at full strength, you, you couldn't walk anywhere. Without, it was just Navy, 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 everywhere. And so I went in the Army. And we, we, we got a couple. It's, it's hard to find Army people in Jacksonville. It ain't hard to find Navy people in Jacksonville. Uh, but but let, let me just see. How, how many people uh, besides me? In, in the room, served in the United States Army. Look at the hands everywhere. That's the Army's strongest church you're ever going to find in Jacksonville forever. But so I joke and I kid around. Um, Scott Mills is probably the most decent human being I know, and he's a, a retired Navy chief, so I kind of got to get my, you know, my, my stuff in about, but I thank God for the Army, Navy, Air Force, Marines, Coast Guard, Space Force, um, 
What's the name of that big place I told you I called you from? They changed the name of it. In Coco. Patrick Air Force Base is not Patrick Air Force Base anymore. It's Patrick Space Force Base. Uh, but anyway, I thank God for our military. And um, what, what I'd like to do is ask you to uh, agree with me and join with me in prayer uh, for those who have lost their lives and the, the heartache that's been brought on by it for moms and dads and husbands and wives and children, parents and friends that watched their loved ones go away, but they didn't come back. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for the sacrifice of brave men and women who would lose their life in defense of this country, God. And, Lord, I pray that you would let us be a more compassionate people. Let us, let us look for hurting people to be a source of comfort for them. And, God, I pray that you would let America fall in love with you. And I pray that you would be the Lord of this nation. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me give you one quote. Um, because I've been in, I was born in San Diego, uh, California, in Mercy Hospital, the child of a sailor. So I've been in the Navy since I was in the womb. I've been around the military my entire life, um, and I don't have any friends, hear me good, I don't have any friends that bash the military. Know that for sure. So just in case you're one of those, let, 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 me, let me give you my favorite Memorial Day quote, and we'll move on pacifists prosper because brave men and women fought the very right people have to burn the American flag to trash the military and, and to say horrible things about people who are just doing their job that right for them to have a country where they can even say all those things was bought and paid for by the blood of heroes who died for this country, and I don't abide with people who hate the military. I just don't. That comes out of a rebellious heart that hates authority. And I'm going to keep moving because, you know, I'm an equal opportunity offender. I'm going to make sure I get everybody. It's not my purpose. It's just a little levity. So if all those big events weren't enough, then I've had one constant figure in my ever-changing life. I've had one uh, constant role model, someone who has always looked out for me, who has always taken care of me, who always gave me someone I could look up to. I was the black sheep of my family, but my sister, who's 14 months older than me, was always the, the perfect person in my eyes, uh, all, president of her class, always in student government, National Honor Society, head cheerleader, head flag girl, uh, uh, genius IQ, uh, smartest woman I've ever known. Uh, my big sister's birthday is tomorrow. Could you give God thanks for our church administrator? What's well, a lot going on? So I'm like, okay, Lord, you want me to preach on Pentecost? Uh, you want you want me to preach on how to how to celebrate the people that we love? You you want me to preach on grief? Uh, you want me to preach on uh, the hope that we have? In resurrection, and, and, and not, not only all that, and we scheduled this months ago or however long ago, way before we knew anything was going on, 
Uh, today we got these children in the room because today is baby dedication. Woo. You know, I was going to preach my funeral message today. Um, but I want to invite, um, we can still invite everybody. Uh, I hope the room's packed and you, you have to stand so the family can sit. But I want to invite everybody, if you can, uh, to come out Tuesday. Uh, Eric's celebration of life. Somebody say celebration. Hallelujah. Eric's celebration of life is going to be held in this room Tuesday. Uh, the, the family will gather at 2 o'clock for the viewing. The funeral will start at 3 o'clock. Um, there will be a reception following, and you're welcome. You might be thinking, well, I, don't, I didn't know Eric. I'm going to tell you what, uh, you should have. He's one of the most impressive human beings I ever met in my life. You say, well, I don't really know Elder Jimmy's family that way. Listen. The Bible says they'll know that we are Christians by the way we love each other. And if you can come out for an hour on Tuesday, we'd love you to celebrate with us right here at 3 o'clock. <sighs> Tough getting old. But today, as with every Sunday, the primary purpose for our gathering. See, because the followers of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob always met together on Saturday. To worship him. And there's some cults out there that still think that Christians should be meeting on Saturday when the Bible says that our faith is based on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus being the chief cornerstone. And after the resurrection of Jesus Christ, the apostles began to gather on the first day of the week to celebrate that. And that's why we have church on Sunday morning. So if you, whether you've had a good week, bad week, happy or sad week, I want you, if you know Jesus at all, I want you to be willing to say, I'm so glad that Jesus died for me and rose to give us the victory. Now let's get into our text in, in Luke 2.21. The Bible says eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, he was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. Ha, ah, a whole lot going on in there. Uh, you only give a name to a baby, a fetus, a cluster of whatever you want to call it, if you've already got a name picked out and it's a human being's name, then that's a human being even before they come out of the womb. Oh, please don't say anything about abortion, Pastor. Let me, let me tell you something. God loves children. And bad things happen. And God forgives us for bad things if we come to him. But I would love to see more babies born in America. Uh, and I would love to see more African-American babies born in America because in the last 30 years, more African-American babies have been aborted than born in this country, and that needs to change. Mm, Y'all don't want to help me on touchy subjects. Y'all tense up. They, the angel had already told them what to name Jesus even before Jesus came into this earth. The Bible teaches us that God knows us and has a destiny for us even while we're in the womb. And there it comes. I told y'all we're going to get some baby screaming in here. Heard that, heard that noise come through the back of my neck, and I thought, where's the kid? Take that. Oh, no, baby dedication. 
I got a lot going on up here. So he was named Jesus. All right, now you guys are 0 for 2 on this. I'm going to give somebody a chance to, to, to knock one out of the park. Does anybody know what the name Jesus literally means? I'm glad y'all came to Abundant Life today. I don't know what church y'all been going to, but I'm going to recommend you looked it up. You knew it? You've been around me too long. <laughs> Jehovah is salvation. When Lots of people named Jesus, especially in the Latin community. They don't call him Jesus. Jesus. They're not Jesus. They're Cristo. You don't know nothing about that back there in Puerto Ricoville. But Jesus means Jehovah is salvation. And I hope you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Because whether you're having a great week or a bad week, whether you're on top or barely holding on, uh, if you know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you're already as far ahead of the game as you need to be, and you've got a home in heaven, and one day he's going to come back, get you, and take you up to heaven. So where he is, we can be there with him. In verse 22, it says, Then it was time... Oh, well, hold on. Let me put verse 21 back up there. I, I, I'm going to have somebody research this and, 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 and shoot me a text. Eight days later, when the baby was circumcised, I'm, I just keep feeling like this is Wednesday night Bible study. We have a lot of open discussion, interactive format on Wednesday night. Um, okay, I, I'll, I'll give you the biblical reason. God said to circumcise the baby on the eighth day. Now, what do a lot of Christians say the reason for eight, the eighth day and not the seventh day or the ninth day or any other day? Uh, why, why, do, why do Christians, uh, what, 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 what do they believe is a significant of that medically? Eight is the number of new beginnings. Can't hear you. Medically proven to what? It's medically proven that on the seventh day of a male child's life, his vitamin K begins to grow astronomically. And on the eighth day, a certain, check, fact check it, I don't know. Uh, I've heard it my whole life, I believe it. That on the eighth day, a male child has more vitamin K, which is essential for blood clotting in their body than any other day of their life, and not to get too graphic for you, but we're talking about people getting circumcised thousands of years ago with uh, a sharp rock, no anesthesia, no, nobody to stitch anything up, and just whack! Hold some pressure on that. <laughs> How many men in the room glad that that happened before you knew it was happening and you didn't have to live through it? Oh, hallelujah. Hmm. So, Jesus is the Savior, and I hope he's yours. In verse 22, it says, Then it was time for their purification offering, as required by the law of Moses after the birth of a child. So his parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. Say present. He, they, they, Jesus was taken to church on his eighth day, and he was... Uh, and I tell you, he was circumcised on his eighth day. Then he was taken to church after the 40-day time of purification. 
um, because a woman was said to be unclean for 40 days after her pregnancy, and she had to do a lot of ceremonial stuff in the Jewish law. Then they had to bring the child to the church, and they had to bring an offering with them. We might need to incorporate that, Elder. What do you think, Elder? Let's vote. In case you don't know about our church government because you ain't been through the new members class, uh, we've, we've had people say, well, I, we, we don't have business meetings. As it no, way. we're not, not going to have people that don't fast and pray over issues decide them. We're going to leave that to people that fast and pray. And I've heard people say, well, I guess pastor just makes all the decisions. I've never made a decision by myself in the history of this church. We, we have a board of directors. We have a board of elders. And we have a board of deacons and deacon wives. And we do everything in unity without one person deciding anything. Because if we can get a bunch of people to agree on something in, in a church, it's got a good chance of being God. So we don't do infant baptism. Anybody know why we don't do infant baptism? It's not in the Bible. We're Bible church. We believe in God's holy word and his son, Jesus Christ. Uh, we don't do infant baptism because it's not biblical. But we do do, ba- do do. That's funny. Where are all the kids at? We do do baby dedication. So you ought to have. Now, more than two people ought to be able to get this right. The Bible says with all you're getting, get understanding. You need to learn some things about this wonderful God that we serve. We don't do, I'm going to set it up so, so at least four of y'all, and I, I'm, I'm talking about people with, with, with IQs at least in the normal range, um, ought to be able to get this answer. We don't do infant baptism because it's not in the Bible. We do do child dedication. Somebody tell us why. Oh, y'all are so smart. It's in the Bible. And the Bible says that we are supposed to be imitators of Christ and that we have these stories for our example so we can learn from them. And this is the history of the childhood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse 23, the law of the Lord says if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. I've had people say, well, you know, Pastor, it doesn't say anything about girls in there. Let me say something that you can study on because I can't exhaust any subject in the time that we have, but I hope to pique your interest on something that you'll go fact check me, research for yourself, dig deeper into the Word of God. I've had people say, well, don't say anything about dedicating girls to the Lord. Okay. Every word of the Old Testament is still valid today. Jesus said he didn't come to do away with the Old Testament Scripture. He came to fulfill them. There are things said in the Old Testament that Jesus made a greater revelation on. And here's what I want you to know as a Christian. If there's something that, does the Bible say, don't you dare dedicate a female child to the Lord? No, it doesn't. Nowhere in that book does, does it say that. So if you want to do something based on it's more like Jesus and it agrees with the character of God and it's not forbidden in the Bible, there's a pretty good chance that's okay. Because there was, there was greater revelation that Jesus brought. And one of the things we learned in the New Testament that when God tore down the middle wall of separation that was between the Jews and the Gentiles, he said that when you are in him, you no longer should uh, have as your main source of identity your ethnicity, 
your race, your nationality. He said, they're, they're neither Jew nor Greek, barbarian nor Scythian, bond or free. They're not male or female. So if you wonder, you're like, Pastor, is, is it biblical? Yeah, it's, it's biblical because we want our boys and our girls to follow the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 24, it says, So they offered the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now, I'm not sure how much a pair of turtle doves would cost in 2023 or a couple of pigeons, but I'm not talking about, you know, yard birds here. I'm talking about for you to bring to this church today some turtle doves that were alive 2,000 years ago, that'd probably be a little hef a hefty price. So all you mamas and daddies, I've never said this before, but I'm going to say it now. I hope you brought some extra, extra cash in your pocket. I ain't talking about rolling money. I'm talking about folding money. <laughs> oh, I thought you were going to dedicate my child for free. I am. I ain't getting nothing out of it. I'm an employee. I get a check, same check every week. But I want to encourage you, if you really want to follow Christ and the teachings of this book, today is a day of special offerings. There's a Pentecost offering that every one of us should make in gratitude to God for the Holy Spirit. And every, every family member, blood family and spiritual family, ought to be willing to offer something special in the name of these children. In verse 25 it says, At that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon. He was, a righteous and, he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for Messiah to come and rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. And, he, and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Put verse 25 back on the screen for me, guys. So here we've got, serving in this church, this righteous, devout uh, follower of Christ named Simeon. He's in the temple, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. We've studied about the Holy Spirit and what made the coming uh, of the Holy Ghost at Pentecost so unique. In the Old Testament days, and even in the early New Testament, before resurrection, before Pentecost, before Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit would come on people and would leave people. That's why when David was repenting and coming back to God in Psalm 51 after, after uh, he, his, his great sin, he, he told God or he asked God to take not your Holy Spirit from me. All, uh, until Pentecost, the Holy Spirit would come on you and then it'd just be you. Whew, I'm so glad for the abiding presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in my life through God's Spirit. Um. Those of y'all that know me know I'm highly competitive uh, and, and scared of nothing except spooky noises in the house. If I see a person there, I'm, I mean, it's on and popping. I'm, I'm ready to go. Uh, listen, I'm not advocating listening to Richard Pryor, but for some of y'all that, that, that think that uh, people that my age shouldn't fight, Richard Pryor told, told all those youngsters, don't mess with old men. You're not ready for all that anger they got built up inside them. But, I, but if I'm home alone, you 
move over here. Leave y'all with that. I was talking to Jake about it. Jake was telling me he was doing it in his room the other night, and I said, that's good, son. Keep doing it. Uh, the Holy Spirit lives inside you. And I, I hear that. I, I, just, I just start praising God, thanking, thanking God for Jesus, speaking Jesus' name out loud. Um, this, this man is there. He's serving God. He's devout. The Holy Spirit was on him at this time. Look at verse 26. It says, the Holy Spirit has revealed to Simeon that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Verse 27 says, that day the Spirit led him, Simeon, to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby Jesus to the Lord, as the law required, Simeon was there. He took the child in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. Then he goes on and he speaks over the baby and the family, and which is what we're going to do right before we leave. And it says in verse 32, talking about this is, this is Simeon talking about Jesus. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them, and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. I hope that you can figure out today which one of those two groups you fall into. Is Jesus a joy to you? Or do you oppose the resurrected Lord Jesus Christ and the teachings of his holy word? I hope so. If he's not right now, you need, you need to call on him. You need to cry out to him. You need to ask God to save you, change you, put his spirit inside you so you can have that joy, 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 joy down in my mm -hmm. Been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. This is why we present our children to the Lord as the sermon title is. This is why we bring little kids and we put them in the hands of the preacher. And I've told y'all, sometimes folk bring kids north of 100 pounds. Oh, I broke my back twice and my neck twice in the last uh, 10 years or so. If your child, I told y'all, your child weighs more than uh, Jaylee, Deacon West going to pick your kid up. <laughs> I'm going to lay my hands on them and pray for them. And we're not doing it ceremonially. We're not doing it because it's... it's it, parents appreciate it. We're not doing it to, as a show and tell uh, or, or a photo op, but I do encourage photos. We're doing it because it's biblical. And you need to bring your children to church, and you need to dedicate them to the Lord. You say, well, Pastor, I wasn't dedicated to the Lord in a church, and I didn't have a man of God uh, bless me. What can I do? You can dedicate yourself to the Lord every minute of every day. So let's see the result of this, and then we'll transition. In verse 39, after all that we just read has happened, uh, let's see the result. In verse 39, the Bible says, When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law, what was the requirements of the law? They had to bring a, a, a special offering. They had to bring their child. They had to believe that uh, God was bigger than them and could do more for their child than them. When they had done all of that, 
Verse 39 says they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee, and here's what the result is, because I've been telling you for decades that if you want what other people have, you've got to do what they did to get it. And that's why we have these stories for our example. There is a result in following the Lord. There is a result in obeying God. There is a result for our actions. And here's the result of biblical child dedication. Verse 40 says, there the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Talking about Jesus. So, we had got this story for our example. So, here's what, here's what we want. We want uh, everybody who's saved to be dedicated to the Lord. We want every child who hasn't been old enough to make a decision for the Lord yet to be dedicated and prayed for by the, by the man of God and the people of God so that that child can come to Christ early and have the same result. What happened to Jesus after his parents did the right thing? They went home. The, uh, the child grew up healthy and strong, full of wisdom, and God's favor was on him. So what is my biblical promise to you today who bring children into the house of God to dedicate them and yourself to the Lord? Here's the result. They're going to grow up healthy and strong. They're going to be full of wisdom, and God's favor is going to be on them. Anybody want that for the children of our church? Here's the great news. These are parents and grandparents. Still hard to see you as a grandparent. She said, right? I could have said it's hard to see you sitting behind normal-sized people, but I was being kind. Four foot seven? <laughs> That's my friend right there. Um, pa- the parents and grandparents are bringing their children today to get, dedicate their children and grandchildren to the Lord. But if you're saved, you're a child of God. The Bible says we are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. We don't have to agree on eschatology. We don't have to agree on miracles. We don't have to agree on politics. That's not what saves us. The Bible says we're the children of God. We're all the children of God. Everyone who's a child of God is a child of God not by their morality, not by the amount of times they come to church, not by how other people would say good they live their life. We're not made right with God by stuff. The Bible says that salvation is, is, uh, is an act of grace. It's, it, it requires faith. The Scripture says, by the keeping of the law shall no flesh be justified. What is it saying? You can't be good enough to get to heaven. But if you believe the right thing, then you are a child of God by faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ and your willingness to receive him into your life. And, and here's the reality. And we, we, we got a man in the room right now who, who's living proof of that because Elder Jimmy, it's Elder Jimmy's cousin, and Elder Jimmy said, I was telling him Bible stories, and he didn't know this Bible story. That There's a lot of people out there that wasn't in church. Some of y'all been in church since y'all were babies. But we need to let everybody know about the God who loves them, can save them, can change their life, and give them strength, wisdom, and favor. You don't have to have mama or grandmama bring you today to dedicate yourself 
to the Lord because you've got a God in heaven. You're his child. And if you ever want to, you can dedicate and rededicate and rededicate yourself over and over and over and over again to being a good child of the Father. The baby's going to start crying. Uh, let me give you this one last verse. It ain't on the screen, guys. You don't have to look for it. But one of the great promises for families in the Bible is in Proverbs 22, 6. And it says, train up a child in the way they should go. And when they're old, they will not depart from it. Now, some of y'all parents have been through some stuff. How many many of y'all honestly wish the Bible said, raise a kid in church and they'll they'll never go wander and sin and and roll around in the mud? How many of y'all wish that that was what it said? It don't say that. If it was up to me, it'd say that. Virgins, when they marry, never touch drugs, alcohol, uh, you know, old school folk. They don't smoke, they don't chew, they don't go to girls that do. I mean, old school stuff. Bring them to church when they're babies, and, 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 and they never make B's when you know they can make A's. I mean, I'm talking about that kind of stuff. But that's not what God said. He said, if you raise them right, when they're old, they won't depart from what they were taught when they were younger. How many of y'all know? There's, there's, a, there's a middle ground there. And between every promise and the fulfillment of that promise is a wilderness journey. Now, when the Hebrew people uh, escaped, when God led them out of slavery from the Egyptians uh, to go and uh, offer sacrifices to him in the wilderness, it would have taken 11 days if they had walked in a straight line. It took them 40 years because they kept walking in circles and not paying attention to God. Your journey is based on your obedience. And I, I don't know where you are at in your journey, but uh, I, there's always a promise, then a wilderness experience, then the fulfillment of the promise. And the promise is raise them in the Lord. Hopefully they get saved, fall in love with God, and never stray. But even if they stray, we got a promise from God based on this scripture and many others. You brought your children up. I've had so many people say, Pastor, I don't know why. They, 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 they loved the Lord so much when they were younger and they've just strayed. Listen, you keep praying for them. You stand on the truth of Proverbs 22, 6. They're not going to depart from this truth that they've been taught. They're going to come back to God. They're going to be that child that you believe they were supposed to be when God lets you help create them. And that's why it's so important in, in a world where church attendance is out of vogue. All the people that left here, Because of COVID and almost nobody came back, that's not exclusive to abundant life. That's churches all across America. And churches have been in decline anyway because of the use, the perverted use of social media, uh, indoctrinating our children with uh, organized religion is whack. I'm spiritual but not religious. You ever hear somebody say they're spiritual and not religious? Hear me well. That's code for I believe I'm special and I got a, I got a, a, a different connection with some fake deity, but I don't love Jesus and I don't want to serve Jesus. We don't like that. I'm tell you, but, and we're going to pray over these kids and go. Don't convince yourself and don't let anybody convince you. I've had so many people tell me in 40-plus years of doing this, well, I don't believe that I have to go to church to be a Christian. Absolutely you do. I can prove it biblically. Um, It's not even difficult. 
Now, you might go to church or, or you might go to heaven. You might be saved and get heaven without ever going to a church. I can prove that biblically. Thief on a cross that we know of never attended a church service, never got baptized, never, never was an usher, greeter, or deacon, a Sunday school teacher, nothing. Child of God by faith in Jesus. But here's the thing. If you call your, so you might make heaven without going to church, but if you say you're a Christian and you don't go to church, there's a, there's a disconnect there because Christian means to, to be like Christ, and Jesus went to church every single week of his life. Fact check that and see if I'm right. So we want to raise our children, no matter what this nation says. And America, uh, up until the uh, late 80s, early 90s, led the world in sending out missionaries to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ to every nation on the globe. And now almost every nation on the globe is sending missionaries to America to teach America that Jesus is Lord and, he is the, and, and the standard has been set. Do you know what, what, what the world must be thinking of an America that stands so proud and so bold to say that it leads the world, that the President of the United States is declared by Americans as the most powerful human being on the planet? Do, do you think that in any other country, uh, in, 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 or do you think in every other country in the world, they're just willing to call he, hims, they, theys, Babies and 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 Zerzims, they're laughing at Americans. Do you do you think other countries have cabinet members and Supreme Court justices that, when asked the simple question, can you define the term woman? Uh, no, Senator, I cannot. Paying you one hundred seventy-eight thousand dollars a year and you don't know what a woman is? Dismissed. It's going to come a day, less and less. The Bible says in the last days, as his appearance draws closer, there'll be a great last day falling away from the Lord. People already say we're living in a post-church age. Not as long as I'm on the planet. Because the church ain't the bricks and the steeple. The church is the people. And, and we're not going anywhere until the Lord takes us from here. Then you can have this earth and your post-church age. All right, let's wrap this up. Here's what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to take an offering. I want ushers to get ready. We're going to take an offering, and then immediately after that, we're going to have all the family members that want to come up front bring their children to the Lord, and we're going to pray over those. But it's not just for the kid. Everybody's got a responsibility here today. We're going to pray for the child that God's protection and favor would be on them. We're going to pray for the family that God would give them strength because how many of y'all know kids will try your last nerve. I can always look. When I need agreement, I can always look on my back right and, and LaShawn to be saying amen and putting her hand up in the air. Thank you. But we're also going to pray for ourselves because these are our brothers and sisters in Christ. And the Bible says that people would know that we're his followers because we love each other. And you ought to love the people in your church. You ought to love people everywhere you go. But we made a commitment to be there for each other. And that's why I ask you to be in prayer with the Carlin family. That's why I ask you to be in prayer for Shauna. That's why I ask you to be in prayer 
uh, for the Rich family. That's why I ask you to be in prayer for the Haywood family. These are people that I love, that we care about. They're, they're our brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I want you to stick around, and I want you to agree with me in prayer that we're going to ask God to anoint the child, the parents, and us as a church to all participate in helping raise these kids in the Lord's house following the ways of Jesus Christ and not this lost, dying, perverted, crooked, twisted world system that we're seeing being played out in, in, in every generation uh, that comes next. But God is able, amen? amen. All right, now here, here's, here's where everybody needs to decide. Should we pay, should we pay a, a tithe? The word tithe means 10%. Should we do that? Oh, that's Old Testament, Pastor Scott. Nowhere in the New Testament does the Bible even talk about tithing. It's free will giving. No, the offering is free will giving. As every man purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly over necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. You decide how much you want to give. That's your offering. God blesses you or not based on that. But stop saying the tithe is not New Testament. Get a Bible. Read what Jesus said in Matthew 23, 23. You must tithe. You don't need a degree in theology to understand that. You don't need to be able to speak Greek or Aramaic to understand that. One-tenth. And listen, if it's hard for you to give God a dime out of a dollar, please stop telling people you love him more than anything. I'm paying $339 a month to Xfinity Comcast. How am I not going to give God more money than that? I mean, where are we at with this? Yeah, yeah, got subscription channels, streaming stuff, cell phone plan. Listen, if, if, if you don't want to give, please don't give. This, this is voluntary. It's, uh, but if you are a follower of God and you want God's blessing on your life, you need to obey the words of Jesus Christ. You need to tithe. And if you want to be blessed financially and, and live in a paid-for house and drive paid-for cars, if, if you want to have money stacked up uh, that it's just joyful to be able to give it away to people, then you need to give an offering. And so you got a choice today. You either tithe or you won't. Now, your parents and grandparents, I already told you, there's, 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 there's an offering at the presentation. If you didn't come prepared, uh, then just, you know, it is what it is. And for every child of God, it's Pentecost. And there's always a special offering on Pentecost. If you'd be willing to go above the tithe, when only 2% of church people tithe, it's, it's funny for pastors to talk about going above the tithe into the offering. But I want you to consider, is God worth obeying? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for each person that's here, God. And Father, I thank you for giving to us. You gave your life for us. You gave your spirit to us. We celebrate Pentecost today. We celebrate you sending your spirit to live in the hearts of your believers, God. And I pray you would raise up faithful, dedicated people in this church that we'd be able to continue to serve this community and be a bright light in this evil world. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the ALCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at alcfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to alcfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.